Listener Production. Doing a daily podcast and trying to make content for TikTok was becoming too much. So Matt and Alex are having a little time off. We are not to be disturbed. This week, it's Veronica Milsom and friends. All day breakfast. Yeah, correct. As you just heard, Matt and Alex are on holidays. Not going anywhere, obviously, because it's 2021. Probably from their lounge rooms to the toilet and back again. But honestly, I've had worst holidays. Like, um, actually, the worst holiday I've ever had was when I went on my honeymoon and my husband left early. I cried quite a lot. Um, my name is Veronica Milsom, and you might recognise my voice from the radio. I was on Triple J for a long time, or maybe you've listened to my podcast, Zero Waste Baby. Either way, I'm subbing in for Matt and Alex, and I'm coming hot off the bench, revved up and ready to go. Also on the team today, two ladies you may know as those two girls or as the hosts of the podcast 40 and Afternoons, out daily exclusive to the Listener app. It's Lise and Sarah. Hello. Hello, hey, Veronica. We're squeezing onto the same seat and it's very cosy. <laughs> I'm very actually sitting hot. on Sarah's lap. <laughs> so how are you feeling at the moment? Are we feeling happy? Are we feeling excited? Are we feeling anxious? <laughs> well, I mean, big shoes to fill, big shoes to fill being here. I suppose we are, look, we've got things going on outside, outside of the studio that means coming in here is quite calm. Oh, yeah. You know things are going on when work is actually a relaxing place to be. So uh, I'll put my hand up first and just say that in my household, in the Wills household, my entire family, which is my husband and two daughters, seem to have developed anxiety around our cat's anxiety. So, oh, Veronica, no. just to fill you in, our stupid cat, who I don't even really like, <laughs> has developed anxiety. And we know this because she has licked all her hair off her belly and basically oh, her entire no. inner legs, all right? I it's like good money to have this done at the laser <laughs> clinic. It really annoys yeah. me that Sarah's cat is, is, you know, sort of showing off yeah. um, her yeah, underbelly. She's got like the summer laser package going Amazing. for her. Which in, in feline terms means anxiety. So I've had to stump out for a pheromone diffuser that apparently calms cats. I've bought $85 worth of food that is, again, supposed to reduce her stress. And now we're all on tippy toes around this useless cat who we are now too scared to let outside in case she runs into a neighbourhood cat and that increases her anxiety. We're worried that because she's only got one type of food to eat that she's not having the taste sensations required of a cat to live her best life. We're letting her sleep on every bed. It's doing my head in. I'd rather rehome her but the children (laughs) like her. And in this day and age, you can't... It's it's so frowned upon to put your hand up and say, I'm not even a, a big animal person. Veronica, this is where it comes in handy that Sarah and I... I work together and are also best friends in real life because I have put my hand up and said, I will rehome her. And you can tell your daughters that she's at Auntie Lisa's house okay. because we live, we have a little bit of land, we have a Great Dane that roams so around. We're actually we have... going off to the farm. I mean, she'd... that's putting yes. her down. Yes, <laughs> exactly. We can actually make this work for all yeah. of us. If she costs me any more money, I'm going to put her to sleep. <laughs> wow. Well, I know that when Matt Okine is on uh, this podcast, he notorious notoriously hates dogs. I'm not sure of his opinion on cats, but I'm certainly um, one that will put up my hand and say, not into cats, particularly balding ones. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's so much more socially acceptable to say you're not into cats, but if you say you're not into dogs, of which I stand firm with Matt too, people look at you like 
you're a monster. And that's you're because a you are. scourge on society. Yeah. 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 I mean, the question that we need to ask is why the hell is Sarah's cat anxious? Because she lives a beautiful life. <laughs> I mean, pandemic, there's the Taliban. She's on top of it all, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe she's a correspondent for the BBC. Maybe undercover. she's picked up on the fact that her owner doesn't really like her. That could be adding to it. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Veronica and friends, all day breakfast. I Google myself quite a lot, guys, Um, but as well as constantly Googling myself, I've added some more names to my regular search, and they're yours, Lise and Sarah. Um, I've been finding out a whole heap about you guys from the internet uh, because I'm Snoopy, but I'm rebranding it as a person who's interested in people. (laughs) Uh, Would you guys describe yourself as big online stalkers? I reckon Sarah's better at it than I am, wouldn't you say, Sarah? I I just don't feel like that's a compliment. (laughs) At all, whatsoever. Um, No, but you've been quite good at saying, I can find out what you need. What's their name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I think it's that is a It's not hard in this day and age to put things together. I mean, I like to think Lise and I have quite a small digital footprint, so I am keen to find out what you've discovered, Yeah, you don't. Veronica. Yeah, so there's the bad news about you guys. <laughs> you definitely don't. There's some weird stuff about you. Um, okay, here's the first one. As I go through them, uh, feel free to jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, you're the number one fan of the Tom Hanks movie, That Thing You Do. I really love that movie. Yeah. Yes. And and I'll tell you what, it's 25 years this September since it came out. Huh. And my sisters and I based an entire relationship for at least a couple of years on just repeating lines from that movie back to each other. And you never get that same thing nowadays because there are too many movies for kids to watch. People don't bunker down and develop entire conversations around one-liners that the O'Neaters... Oh, my God, the O'Neaters or (laughs) Captain Peach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. (laughs) And then I went on a a deep dive into finding out where all those actors are now. Like, remember Jonathan Skeech who played the league? And then he was in How to Make an American Quilt with Winona Ryder. Do you remember all those movies? But they did a reunion recently for some reason. Why was that? Uh, Sad reason? No, they're just touring because it's 25 years and... There's, you know, I mean, any reason to get back yeah. with Tom Hanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, uh, next one. You guys used to wake up at a horrendous hour of the morning, but now you get to sleep in. Was there any of it, like an advantage to waking up at the hour you did? No. no. <laughs> It was for a radio no show that was before breakfast, right? <laughs> it was before breakfast. So we did a 5 to 6 a.m. early breakfast show um, across the hit network and we absolutely loved doing the show but the wake-up time, the alarm went off at 2.50 a.m. And now we're well aware that there's lots of shift workers out there who pull those kinds of hours but 2.50 a.m., let's be really clear, is the middle of the night um, and it is painful. How long did we do that for, uh, Sarah? About three years, yeah. I think. About three years. And and we can Too tell long. you, like, those hours do not make you the best version of yourself. No. So. Did you start just eating chicken for breakfast and stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ate so much. We had first, second and third breakfasts. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know you when would. you get so desperate that you're so, you're needing energy from anywhere and we yeah. convinced ourselves <laughs> that having a third breakfast was perfectly normal? I think I lost about three kilos as soon as I stopped doing that <laughs> show. <laughs> um, this one's going quite deep, so uh, bear with me here. 
Liz, your high school boyfriend painted I Love You on the main road near your childhood house in pink paint on Valentine's Day. Each letter was about two metres long and it stayed on that main thoroughfare for years. This is like, I am an urban legend. Like, I'm just going to say it like that because it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I don't even know how you found that out because that wasn't on our social no, media. you've told that story at least eight times. Have I? I mean, hear how humble you are. I am an urban legend. But I am, guys. This is the thing. If you can't get to 41 years of age and say, that was the greatest time of my life, okay? Let me set the scene. I went to an all-girls school. On the day of Valentine's Day, I bored the school bus full of, I don't know, 80 teenage girls. All of a sudden, someone, the head honcho, starts squealing, everyone look out the right side of the bus. I go over and they're in pink lettering, yes, two metres high. I heart L-I-S-E and I thought, oh my Jesus Christ, I have arrived. And I was just a queen from that moment on for like maybe a week. She thinks it was a boy. It was me. (laughs) It was not you. It was Stuart Alpert. Okay, there you go. What's Stuart doing now? Stuart still lives in the same neighbourhood. Actually, my parents see him at Big W all the time. He's married to a lovely woman named Elizabeth and he has two children. Oh, gosh. How did he propose? I mean, probably <laughs> equally impressive. Skywriting or something, I reckon. He crossed out Lee's and wrote Liz. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and she works. was like, oh, seconds. <laughs> um, all right, you're both astrazeneca and, Sarah, yes. you say you're happy about it but you could be acting since I know you're a trained actor. Well, I'm not really. I mean, I did. I I went to university and I studied theatre there and that was um, wonderful. And for a number of years of youth, I thought that's what I wanted to do. But I was very picky. I only ever wanted to do Shakespeare or BBC productions, neither of which really happen in Australia. (laughs) Kenneth Branagh. It's really niche. Yeah, I went to my first, uh, I remember I went to an audition for a Shakespearean troupe and I didn't get it. And I thought, well, that's it. Screw it. I never, I never tried for anything again. This was after four years, an honours degree, theses, everything. And that's the resilience we know and love her for. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, like if anybody wants to put me in a corset and breathe heavily, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breathe from your (laughs) diaphragm. Um, So finally, uh, this one's obvious because I can see it right in front of me. You both have a love for good quality pattern knits, which I assume was very (laughs) tricky for you living in the Gold Coast. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) We actually do. You know what? Usually I'm a very plain Jane dresser. I love jeans and a t-shirt. That is me done. I will say ever since having Sarah Wills in my life, Mm -hmm. I am sporting a lot more pink than I ever ever thought I would because she says things like, you're such a pretty girl. You should wear feminine (laughs) colours. And it's like sitting next to my mother. So here I am wearing a pink pattern knit. For me, it's like sitting next to Wednesday Adams. Like she's just (laughs) miserable and black or khaki. I'm like, come on, lift it up. Khaki is a colour for everyone Veronica, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's almost like you're not there or something. (laughs) (laughs) What what am I talking about? I don't even know. I think you were traumatised by the writing on the ground that was in pink that said, I love you, and now you're back and and you're wearing pink and you've come full circle. I mean, yeah, I feel 
I actually hate it. I hate what I'm wearing. <laughs> Give me my car key. The thing is, Lisa does seen. have two sons and she has been known to borrow clothes from her 12-year-old son. Yeah, so that is handy. she she likes an androgynous kind of fashion, does Lee's. Yeah. Gosh, well, it looks Gender good. dressing is so done, guys. <laughs> right? Oh, look how woke she is. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica Melsom and friends. This is all day breakfast. Juicy goss from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? Veronica and Friends. Insiders. Insiders. Oh, yeah. So although Matt and Alex have cut and run, they have left behind their best segments for us to get into. This one in particular we love. It's called Insiders. And it's where you tell us the truth about the industry that you work in or have worked in. And we protect your identity, you know. Um, we've heard about real estate so far. We've heard about, like, posh hotels and the disgusting things that go on. Today, it's topless waitressing. Um, but before we do, Liz and Sarah, any truth bombs you'd like to drop about uh, podcasting? You guys aren't really friends or...? <laughs> Uh, we cover what, our what, tracks. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we, we pour each other's eyes out whenever the <laughs> microphones go off. No, but I'm very intrigued to hear the uh, so many questions. industry insights of topless waitressing. I think we're all curious about that kind of stuff. Totally. Let's go to our anonymous tipster right now. How are you going? Good. How are you guys? Yeah, very good. So how did you get into this profession in the first place? It was just something I'd always wanted to do. And I didn't have a job at the time, so I was like, let's give this a go. (laughs) Can I ask you, Anonymous, how much can you make in a night and how are you guys paid? Do you have like a base rate? Um, I've heard that it's just tips. Please say that isn't so. Um, Can't speak for other places, but where I used to work, um, yeah, it was just off tips. So there was most of the time there was no base rate. and how much can you make in a night? Um, probably the most I made in one night was maybe five hundred or six hundred dollars, just from two or three hours work. Oof, and that's cash, oh, I guess. That's the thing about the tip situation, isn't it? Yep. Mm. Yeah. No base rate does feel a little bit illegal in Australia. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So, was your first shift pretty confronting? Um, yes, it was really confronting. But the interview itself was actually really confronting. I've never been to an interview like it. So I <laughs> I just had to um, answer a couple of questions and then they're like, all right, just uh, let's take your clothes off and, and have a look. And yeah, I had to strip down to my undies and well, they'd, they'd already said wear nice underwear. So yeah, I had. But, um, and then they just had a look and took a couple of photos and... Yeah, so like from the interview, it was already pretty full on. That is wild. Do you know, when I um, went for a reality TV show when I was 18, they were like, bring along some nice bathers, and it was like a Love Island type situation, Mm. and you had to parade in your bathers up and down this catwalk. I still like, I mean, you're saying, oh, wow, but you did your undies, so. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but it's it's scary. It's Yeah, I feel like nice undies would have ruled me out. I've got quite the collection of (laughs) grey once were white and beige in my wardrobe. And I don't think that's what the Bucks Nights, etc. that's the vibe they're going for. That kind of comes in about five to seven years after Down marriage. the track. <laughs> hey, how did you actually make the decision, this is something 
I think I can do and this is something I want to do? Was it a friend or how did you make that first step? Um, I think I'd kind of just been in a very serious job role and kind of, this was almost my last chance. I was like a bit of a wild time because I was 27 when I did it. So already pretty old for a trouble for waitressing, I guess. And yeah, I thought it would give me a lot of confidence, like body confidence and that kind of stuff, which I was like lacking a little bit. Did um, it? So yeah, I Oh, uh, God, honestly, I'm not sure. Maybe in some ways, but in some ways, definitely not. In some ways, it was detrimental. What's something that yeah. you experienced as a topless waitress that people would be shocked to learn about? Um, shocked to learn about? Man, that's hard. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like most of the stereotypes are pretty true. <laughs> like, what are we talking, um, boat cruises and stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, there, was just, yeah there was just so many wild times. I guess, like, a lot of free and free alcohol every time and... Um, just a lot of crazy boat parties um, and you just play all these different games all night and get free drinks and free and everything else and yeah, pretty wild. And what about <laughs> what about your safety? Did you always feel, was there a security guard that would perhaps accompany you? Uh, were there a few of you on the job, like safety in numbers? Any ground rules for the, the, the Bucks and their mates? Yeah. Yep, there was always at least one security guard. Um, so, yeah, that always felt really reassuring. Um, there were people who... Oh, I think they just... Some of the guys would try and, like, take advantage of girls who they knew were a bit, like, out of it or, you know, on something or whatever. And, yeah, I think that kind of thing is, like, really hard to stop unless someone sees it. Just, like, guys doing things like trying to manipulate girls into coming out with them afterwards and do you do you regret um doing having done the topless waitressing was it something that you're happy that you did oh god no i'm so happy (laughs) it was i don't know it was just so crazy and just such a it was so fun in so many ways and you meet all kinds of people and um yeah, I think I just learned a lot. Did you ever it. bump into anyone you, you knew? Like anyone awkward? Your old primary school teacher or something? Yeah, a brother? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I actually told my family that I was doing ah, it. Ah, <laughs> so you didn't keep it hidden. Yeah, That's interesting. That so what were people's reactions around you, Anonymous, when you said, I'm going to get my tatas out and make <laughs> some good coin and live a large life? <laughs> Oh, I think everyone was just like a little bit shocked. <laughs> my family was just like, ah, oh, that's what you do. Yeah, I don't know. They, I kind of do a lot of spontaneous things, so my family wasn't that surprised. So, really. what are some <laughs> of the really fond memories you have? Oh, one of the funnest times was um, me and this other girl um, had to go into this like full restaurant, it was, like full kind of fancy Indian restaurant. And um, there was this huge table of guys there who were out for some, I don't know, party or whatever, some work party. We had to go into this restaurant in our fancy underwear (laughs) and just, like, like, skip up to the table and, like, grab the the boss by the, like, hand and then, like, 
bring a couple of them into the van out the front and like <laughs> oh my god and so we we took them into this van and um, like led the table outside and then we all just went to this club afterwards damn that would have been a surprise for everyone just nibbling away on their cashmere I mean, I feel I feel so like I've had some kind of very visceral reaction in my in my body to that because I remember once I had to stand up at school and do a liturgical dance in front of everyone fully clothed and so the idea of skipping into a restaurant and, in your undies in your undies and then getting some blokes and whisking them off somewhere while everybody else around you was like what the hell is going on here kind of fills me with an overwhelming sense of dread for you Oh, God, I was so nervous, but I was like, just focus on the prize, just, like, get those guys and get out of there. Uh, Anonymous, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for your honesty and um, for telling us what it's like. Otherwise, yeah, never would have known. And love that you just have embraced that very bizarre part of your life. My pleasure. Matt and Alex are having a lockdown holiday, which basically means they've turned off their emails for a week. I'll get back to you. In their absence, this is Veronica and Friends. All day breakfast. Liz and Sarah, do you guys ever sob with joy to music? I am such a crier when it comes to live performance. Like, yeah. honestly, if I am anywhere at the theatre, at a school performance, I am sobbing even though I am have a heart of stone, really. Yeah. But music... Even though it's metal. You're like, whoa. <laughs> music is my undoing. So, yes, hard yes from me. Oh, sorry, yeah. no. No, oh, okay. (laughs) Heart of steel. Um, Well, a joy sob was my reaction to the latest music from the band you're about to hear from. Their name is Holy Holy. This is a portal. This is a chance. This is a portal. We're not immortal. Blood on your head. I look away to avoid going under. Beautiful World is out this Friday. Hello, Oscar from Holy Holy. How you going? Good. How's it going? Yeah, really good. You're in Melbourne, are you? All locked down? I'm all locked down. I'm pretty Stockholm syndrome now. I'm used to it. It's great. Yeah, you just have to find another spare room in your house to make more music. Gosh. Pretty it's much, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like sometimes I wonder why I should bother making music anymore just because I'm never going to leave the house ever again. But I think it's worth it. And hearing your preamble there made me think, oh, maybe it is worth it after all. You know what? Totally. This um, music, like I may get gushy here, so incredible. It's beautiful and dense. The strings, oh man, it's so catchy, but also original and such a journey for fans who have been along for the ride since your first album when you were like a synthless guitar band. Is, um, Is Joy Sobbing a reaction that you usually get? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the best thing about crying is that it actually does feel co- like good, right? Yeah. And I w- wish I could do it more often. Um, like I cry a lot in, in movies actually. Um, some people cry when they listen to our music. I've just heard, yeah, in your preamble that there is some crying at the other end of the line here, which is great. <laughs> I think crying, yeah, but I think crying is, but, but basically the point I'm making is crying is underrated and, um, we should all cry more. Maybe I'm maybe I'm talking as a boy. Like maybe boys need to cry more. Um, I don't know. I just think crying's great. What was the movie that you cried at recently? Oh god, um, I cried. I, well, I've been watching shows lately, but I, I did cry in the final scene of Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie. Um, oh my god, I'm tragic! And I cried. I was on a plane. This was pre-COVID. I was on a plane, and you know, I don't know. I just cried. I can't. I I, I cried in a superhero movie recently. I cried in a show called Mr. In Between. 
I cried in Ted Lasso. I mean, shit. I cried in I cried in the previews to movies. You're doing pretty well on the crying front, Oscar. I have to tell <laughs> you, <much> you, <laughs> you saying Bohemian Rhapsody, I have to tell you, the last time I cried at a live music performance was at my son's school musical and they did the Queen musical. Oh. And my son was not even in it, okay? I just went to see it like some rando mum that shows up to watch the senior boys perform. And the minute the lead um, kid, like the lead singer started belting out one of the Queen songs, I was gone, like sobbing, heaving. And my son, who's 12, was like, mum, this is too much. You've got to stop. So I'm glad that you're a Queen fan as well. That's a big ask of those kids to do the Queen, like to do Queen. It was huge. That's epic, yeah. Would you count Queen among your influences? You guys love a bit of falsetto. Love a bit of falsetto. Don't mind a guitar solo. Um, I mean, yes is the answer. I feel sheepish saying yes, though. Any other weird influences for this album? I shouldn't say weird. I should say unexpected. Because I remember for the last... um, album, you you know, there were a lot of kind of obscure references that popped up from my own pool of light. Yeah, I mean, we maybe like, yeah, artists that are outside of our usual world, like things like Australian artists like Rufus Dussault and Crooked Colours actually were influences on this record. We just love the kind of aesthetic and the sound and the vibe of, of what they do. Uh, Robin, the Swedish pop star we love. But, you know, like, this is a bit of a nerdy one, but, like, um, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead did the music for a movie called There Will Be Blood, which came out a while ago now. But um, I always loved that soundtrack. And even that was an influence on us. Even though you, you sort of, sometimes you've got an influence and then by the time you've finished writing the song, it sounds nothing like it. But ne- nevertheless, the influence is important, you know? Do you think you'll get into soundtracking? You work on a lot of other people's albums, but do, have you ever done any soundtrack stuff? Oh, I've, I've done a few, like, short short films, things for friends. I'd love to get into soundtracking. Um, I don't know how to do it, though. Do you have any – have you got any leads or pointers? Oh, no. <laughs> I think we might have to, like, rely on Jack River to just get your songs on more of the Olympics-type coverage. More because... of the Olympic stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping that might extend beyond the Olympics, that whole movement, actually, and just be, like, everywhere forever, basically. Yeah. Well, they wanted it to be in Coles and Woolworths and Banks and all of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. And, I mean, that's good. I just wonder, like, if you hear a song when you go shopping at Coles, does that create, like, a <laughs> – Negative association, though, with the song. Totally. If you're buying really expensive well. ash brie, maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, you're just like, why the hell is this so expensive? It does for my daughters who have to put up with me dancing along to the Coles soundtrack. I've hit that <laughs> point of life where I have no shame and just in the fruit and veggie department, if, you know, like Martika's Kitchen comes on, then I'm sorry, you can't <laughs> stop there. my hips from moving. Um, we did have a little listen of some of the tracks on Hello, My Beautiful World, Oscar, and it really is quite a magical, quite a magical album and just so pleasant and uplifting and I don't know kind of I don't know sweet to listen to it was Mm. um really beautiful you recorded most of the album in the middle of lockdown how are you going as an artist suffering through these rolling lockdowns and cancelled concerts and I I know you've got one that's hopefully at the end of the year you'll be out and about again but um how's it going oh it's hard to talk about because um you know it's without um wanting to sound like I'm against the lockdowns, but they suck, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And um, they're really, you know, it is frustrating. Um, and especially now I see a lot of people overseas, you know, big concerts happening and people touring. And I, and I know that there's a lot of spread over there as well with Delta, but, like, it's no fun. It's awful. But, um, 
you know, I try and look on the bright side of everything and the bright side is that, thank God, this didn't happen 20 years ago because I wouldn't have been able to make an album like this then. There was no <laughs> Zoom, there was no laptop recording or there wasn't in the way there is now. There wasn't bedroom production, which is what we did a lot of making this record. So, you know, in a way, we're really lucky we were able to make music and Tim and I speak to each other a lot over all sorts of platforms, phones, you know, FaceTimes, whatever it might be. Because you work remotely, right? Lonnie to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. A lot of sending files back and forth. So, you know, like there's lots of sort of negatives we can take out of the modern world and the internet and everything, absolutely. But there's a few positives too. And that's the kind of glass half full I'm trying to maintain in my shaky, shaky hand. Well, there is a glass half full mentality, Oscar, because on your Instagram at Holy Holy Music, I see you're giving away golden tickets to your Holy Holy shows over the next two years. So do you want to talk us through what that is and how people can enter if they're like Veronica, mad, mad Holy Holy fans? Well, yeah, we thought it should be two years because God knows. (laughs) At first we were like, yeah, next 12 months. And I was like, well, watch. How many gigs are we going to play? Um, anyway, <laughs> next two years, um, yeah, Golden Ticket. Um, we're going to give away a handful of them to um, to people. Um, you just follow the link in our Instagram bio um, and um, there's a form you fill out and off you go and um, we'll announce the winners next week. And, yeah, basically um, any show you want to come to, Double Pass, um, it's not just one show, it's every show you want to within that two-year two period. And um, at one of those shows, there'll be a backstage meet and greet as well. So does that make sense? Did I make yeah, it? Yeah, it's very yeah. Willy Wonka, loving it. Very <laughs> Willy Wonka, yeah. And also, like, what, that's the other thing that has been really good, though, over the lockdown time is we have actually found that um, it's been nice engaging with our fans, albeit, um, like, online and not at a show, for example. It's been awesome. Just chat to fans, and I thought it would be nice to try and give something back. I know that people, fans, who have bought tickets to shows that have been postponed or cancelled, it's been frustrating for fans as well, you know. I'm really grateful that people have stuck with us throughout this time. For sure. we just got to make that ballpark music, holy, holy gig, whooshka, happen because it was going to be the ultimate of all time. I know. So sad about that. Yes, winter in the domain um, in Sydney. Um, But uh, maybe it'll be summer in the domain. I don't know. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll all be entering um, for the golden ticket, even though we hope that's not weird. Uh, we do Not weird at all. <laughs> technically work in radio. We probably could come for free anyway, but we will be entering yeah. to go head to head with the fans. <laughs> yeah. I'll give it, we'll, we'll give them to you three and then that's it. Yep. No one else will get <laughs> Thank you so much, Oscar from Holy Holy. And uh, good luck for the release day on Friday for Hello, My Beautiful World. Thanks for joining thanks us. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Matt and Alex are on a break. Matt's sorting out his wig collection and Alex is writing a long list of gripes ready for rant dogs. Sort it out! So filling in this week are Veronica Milsom and friends. This is All Day Breakfast. There is nothing that makes me happier than scoring a bargain, like um, a drinkable yogurt in the clearance section of a supermarket. Get that half price, bam, love that stuff. When I walked home this week with a beautiful piece of art that I had found by the side of the road, I could not believe my luck. I was so excited um, and came into the house and said to my husband, Nick, look what I found. Someone's left this amazing piece of art by the side of the road and I just like looked left, looked right, made sure I didn't look too suspicious, picked it up and ran with it. I couldn't believe it that my only 
uh, excuse that I can think of for why someone would leave a piece of art by the side of the road for someone like me to pick up was that they must have been through a horrible breakup and I was just reaping the rewards of their heartbreak and misery, which I'm totally happy with. Was it curbside collection time in that area? Were any other ornaments or leftover white goods on the footpath on the said street, Veronica? There were heaps. And so there, um, okay. so it wasn't like they were just like, oh, we'll put our art out the front where we're about to move it to our car or something and we'll quickly just okay. have a cup of tea. No, yeah, the, I checked that that wouldn't be the case. There was a whole bunch of crap next to it and I looked at the rest of the crap, scoped it out, and I was like, no, I will just take one thing. I really did the... Um, the look left, look right, look right in the same way that you do when you like walk into Supre or whatever. You're like, is anyone going to see me <laughs> doing this? That's me. That's me in glasses. <laughs> <laughs> we actually learned a new term for what you just did quite successfully. We interviewed oh. um, a wonderful writer by the name of Francis Whiting for our podcast 40. We do two podcasts here on the listener uh, network and Francis taught us the term Alfresco shopping. Oh, I love that. Which rebrand. sounds a little bit like Target instead of Target. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. in that vein. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's a mad fan of curbside collection time, and she has a set process that she goes to goes through. But she told the story about how she was going down a street. She saw this marvelous shoe rack on the side. She asked her husband to pull over. Quickly got out. Was just putting it in the car, and she heard a voice from behind her saying, "Excuse me." And she turned around only for the lady to say, um, that's my shoe rack, we're moving. <gasps> oh, right? Gosh, and then similarly, I got another message from a woman who said she walked past someone's house and they had beautiful stained glass windows on the curb. She started loading them into her car. The owner comes out and said they were stacked because they were renovating. <laughs> and it turned out it was a dad from her children's school. Okay, <laughs> so, so you have got to be so careful so with where you are picking through other people's trash or treasure. Look, you've got to do it with confidence because at the end of the day, you're a predator. So you <laughs> either have to own that and just hold your head up high and go for gold or you just don't do it at all. Like that- you can't. You also can't be the kind of person that then makes fun of bin chickens. Like you can't. <laughs> yeah. If you if you will happily drive through suburbs on a, on a Saturday and, the you know, the wee hours of the morning to try and get the bargains, then you really... You are a human bin chicken. In this day and age of environmental awareness, I say this yeah. we are the best kind of people, Veronica. You the are the best kind of bin chickens. You're the <laughs> best kind. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because you are recycling and, and breathing new life into that, that art piece that was discarded. It was on my street, which is the thing I'm most nervous about, that I'm going to make friends with people on my street and they'll come over and they'll be like, oh, that, that was my ex-husband's favourite piece of art. And we'll be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> She's ours now. She's in the children's bedroom. I reckon if I saw someone just taking stuff um, that I was midway through moving, like in the front of my lawn or whatever, I just wouldn't say anything. I'd be too ashamed. I'd be like, oh, don't uh, break it while you're carrying it away. Can I make a I'm, – I'm going to say – I haven't even told you this, Sarah. I'm going to make a confession here, right here, oh, right now. I, yes. It's not curbside collection, but I think I've hit a new low. Sarah's going to hate this so much, but hear me out. 
I've just been on Facebook Marketplace and I'm after a new retinol cream, okay? I'm 40, wait for it, I'm 41. I need at least a 0.5% to 1% retinol these days, okay? Now, there's a particular brand that I'm after, Mm. but it costs a lot of money. I've just seen it. Someone (laughs) on Facebook Marketplace has posted this very retinol cream, said that she bought two bottles, but the first bottle irritated her face and she's selling the second bottle. It's opened. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's like buying someone's Savlon Is or it something. a tub or a tube? Just the box is open. The tube is not open. And she lives five kilometres from me, guys. This is ideal. Yeah, that's fair what game. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, the fact she said it irritated her face. Yeah, but and she's too young, Sarah. She doesn't have 41-year-old skin. That's why the 0.5% bloody irritated her. She's probably 27. She doesn't need retinol. I need it and I'm going to buy it from her. Oh, what are you going to buy? A bloody glasshouse candle with a quarter of the wax left in it next to? I've this got is a one new of low. Those I'm not okay with it. <laughs> You should tell her to just hold on to it for 10 years and then no, it's going to really come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a predator. I'm a bin chicken. Work with me here. Matt and Alex think they're irreplaceable. We think it's pretty easy. Bring in someone new. Who are you guys? Veronica and friends. All day breakfast. Yeah, well, that's it for today's podcast. Thank you so much, Liz and Sarah, for joining me filling in for Matt and Alex. You can hear them on their daily podcast, Afternoons, which is exclusive to the listener app or... 40, the other podcast, but I feel like Afternoons is almost like the sister podcast to the all-day breakfast, is it? Yeah, it kind of is. It drops at 2pm weekdays and the whole purpose of it is so that people have got something new to listen to in the Arvo when they're maybe just kicking in for that coffee and sweet treat or in the, sitting in the car by themselves or needing something on the commute home. It's a half hour of power. Mm. It does feel like Matt and Alex are trying to cut into your... Um, sort of situation. We're saying that, that it's an all-day breakfast. You should say it's an all-day afternoon, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a half-assed afternoon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what is coming out this week? Um, well, in a couple of weeks' time, I think, actually we haven't worked out when we're doing this, but coming up on our 40 podcast, which is the podcast equivalent of a little black book for the middle years, we have the amazing Sophie Monk joining us for that, mm. and she is such a bloody good chat, I tell you. Yeah. No holds barred on that one. Yeah, yeah no filter. Mm. So no in case filter. you didn't guess from the retinol and curbside collection chat, etc. today, Lise and I are in our 40s and that's why we decided to start a podcast and chat to women in that decade about what's happened in their lives. And we've had lots of people. Veronica, once you turn 40, once you come into our club, <laughs> we will let you. We'll have a chat with you, but you've got to be a minimum of 40. And Sophie Monk's hit that. She's 41 now. Yeah. The funny thing is, though, is that we have a lot of much younger people listening. I will, and I will say younger women listening because it's sort of like a cheat sheet as to what to expect, you know, later on. It's it's really exciting stuff. So we have lots of women in their late 20s going, am I allowed to listen, guys? I'm not oh. quite 40. <laughs> but we're like, yes, of course, of course you can. So, yeah, we welcome all new listeners. We have some fantastic chats on there. Yeah, plus that person probably looks older than Sophie Monk anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming by. Thanks for, Thanks having, for having us. us. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. Listener.